You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. A man was traveling on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho when a group of robbers or terrorists or racist cops attacked him by a suicide bomb or an AR-15 assault rifle or by shooting him as he lay on the ground and they left the man for dead outside the airport or on the floor of the gay nightclub or in his car next to his girlfriend or along the route of the protest march. And the entire assault was captured on a bystander's cell phone and immediately uploaded to Facebook within seconds. A Lutheran pastor walks by and is so absorbed in watching the video of the attack and formulating her perfectly articulated outrage on Twitter that she doesn't even see the beaten man that is literally right next to her. She wants so badly to be the good ally, and she misses an opportunity to show compassion to an actual human being. Then a director of a nonprofit walks by and is too burdened by the way in which he himself is complicit in the availability of the weapon, or the bad conditions of the road, or the rigged economic system that contributed to the man traveling alone on an unsafe road that he chooses to not even look up from his poetry almanac app. And he too missed the chance to show mercy. Now by the time these two have passed the man, hundreds of thousands of people have commented on the video of his assault, either either in turn expressing racist thoughts about the guy who was assaulted and why it's his fault, or rants about the Second Amendment. And then a minute later, We are all posting comments about how this is all about robbers. And when suddenly Salon.com has reposted the Facebook video of the assault, along with an article titled, Why Everything You Think About Robbers Is Wrong. And then one minute later, Salon.com posts a Facebook video of the assault, along with an article titled, The Problem with Commenters. So now, by the time the Samaritan comes along, and sees the man who was robbed and assaulted, gives him water in a cliff bar, dresses his wounds, gives him a ride to a hotel, stays the night with him to make sure he's okay, and pays the Marriott bill in full. Well, by this time, the media has already posted thousands of articles about how often these attacks seem to be happening, and there's a 24-hour-long news cycle that shows the video of his assault over and over, and HuffPo and CNN and Slate have all now told the story of the assault from every angle imaginable, and it's all anyone is talking about, so it starts to feel like it's all there is. And then you realize... There's been no mention of the Samaritan. They never once mentioned the kindness 
Violence is highlighted and mercy and generosity are ignored because mercy and generosity make bad news. I'm not sure about anyone else, but this week it started to feel as though our news feeds, TVs, and radios had been replaced with some sort of atrocity of the day calendar of terrorist attacks and police shootings and hate crimes. So I was understandably dreading office hours this week because I just don't feel like I had any wisdom to offer. Nothing insightful or helpful. So again, I was grateful that what I so clearly did not have to offer was offered to me by you who showed up. Megan was quiet the whole time, as is her way. But when Aram asked what she was thinking, she shared what Stephen Gould wrote in an op-ed soon after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. He wrote this. He said, Good and kind people outnumber all others by thousands to one. The tragedy of human history lies in the enormous potential for destruction in rare acts of evil, not in the high frequency of evil people. Complex systems can only be built step by step, whereas destruction requires but an instant. Thus, in what he likes to call the great asymmetry, every spectacular incident of evil will be balanced by 10,000 acts of kindness, too often unnoticed and invisible as the ordinary efforts of a vast majority. And he writes, We have a duty an almost holy responsibility to record and honor the victorious weight of those innumerable little kindnesses when an unprecedented act of evil so threatens to distort our perception of ordinary human behavior. So church, I stand here to say that as I was despondent about our atrocity of the day world, and as I was at the same time reading this story of the Good Samaritan over and over, there was something that was glaring all of a sudden, a simple thing in this story that made all the difference for me this week, and it's this thing called column inches. Look at the story again. The entire focus of the story of the merciful Samaritan was not on the violence or the idiocy. The focus of the story was mercy and loving kindness. The robbers get about a dozen words, and then the Samaritan gets the rest of the story. Because it is not the parable of the robbers. Amen? It is the parable of the merciful Samaritan. And yet this week, I was afraid to look away and see any good in the world because to do so felt perilously close to pretending that the violence wasn't bad. But in the story of the merciful Samaritan, Jesus told the truth about the seriousness of the attack. He told the truth about the inadequacy of how the priest and the Levite responded. But on none of these things did he choose to dwell He used most of his canvas for this story, painting a picture not of an assault, but of generosity. Which means there's another option. The choice is not between ignoring the violence and suffering and thus glibly using our privilege to insulate ourselves from this present darkness or focusing exclusively on the violence and suffering and glumly using our access to social media to see nothing but this present darkness. Evil might have the news cycle, but it does not have the victory. 
The darkness does not get to have our hearts. It does not get to fill our minds. It does not get to steal our joy. And looking, searching for the love, the light, the kindness in the world around us is not the same as pretending that evil isn't evil. As Christians, we can sit in the suffering. We can name the evil forces of racism and gun violence. We can confess our own complicity, and we can lament and protest. But what we can never do is concede more ground to Satan than he himself has claimed. We will not be deceived into reversing the math and believing that evil has the numbers because it does not. Omar Mateen, the Orlando nightclub shooter, was one man. His act of terrorism and murder and hate had a devastating effect on so many lives and the city of Orlando, but you cannot tell me that the evil of one man won when in response to that evil, millions of people all over the globe marched in support and for love of those affected. It's not vapid optimism, it's just math. <laughs> what Omar Mateen intended for evil, God used for good. I will not choose nihilism as attractive as it can be sometimes. I won't do it. Not while I believe in the love of God. A God who, who defeated sin, death, and the devil. Evil rages, but it's also pathetic. So as an act of defiance tonight, we will surround the names of those who died this week with words of loving kindness. We will write down every act of kindness and generosity that we can remember happening this week. If Stephen Gould's math is right, we need 10,000. But the good news is that there is more than that out there. Because this world is not a parable of robbers. This world is a parable of God's light which scatters darkness. So by all means, let us name evil for what it is. Let us root out the sin of racism within us. Let us fight for justice, but then let us turn the cameras toward the light. Lest we become so consumed by the effects of evil that we miss the chance to be kind to a stranger. And we miss the chance to stop and read to our kids. And we miss the chance to notice how acts of beauty and kindness outnumber acts of evil by the thousands. Because in doing so, we hand evil a bigger victory than it earned when in fact it has already lost. In the same 24-hour news cycle that can only speak of evil, babies were born and people fell in love. And someone put an old lady's shopping cart back for her. And casseroles were brought to the homebound. And prayers were said. And little girls made brand new friends. And someone paid for the coffee of the person behind them in line. And flowers were brought to the Dallas Police Department. And children made perfectly misspelled protest signs. And people made up. And someone in the coffee shop let me hold their baby because they could tell I needed it. <laughs> and when Pastor Reagan's car broke down in the middle of nowhere during his vacation, someone came along at just the right moment and towed it 126 miles all the way to Denver. Oh. <laughs> because saints, 
Every second of every day, our God arrives unannounced in the merciful and loving kindness of other people. And in the midst of single acts of evil, I want to be a warrior of that. Amen.